Welcome to the 10-day uh, teaching hour where stepping into the Reformation is becoming a reality. And we really try to focus on this teaching hour, specifically teachers that are carrying um, insights and revelations related to the new wineskin, the Reformation that is coming. And uh, Sat, are you, are you on yet, brother? Hallelujah. 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 So um, this morning, we actually have a special, or I should say uh, this afternoon, <laughs> we have, depending on where you are, <clears throat> we have a, um, a special surprise guest before we introduce um, our two speakers this morning. And... Um, you know, one of the messages that has been less popular uh, uh, as we've moved into this wineskin has been the message of, of deeper repentance and actually the judgment that is coming and the judgments that God will use, not only that are going to come on the world, but also that are coming on his church to wake us up and to prepare us for what's coming. You know, the Lord is looking for a spotless bride, a bride that is pure and holy, uh, a bride that has her lamps filled with, with oil, readied and prepared for the Lord's coming. And um, there are a couple of messages that are related to, um, to this Reformation that, that really focus on the the deeper repentance and the and the and the judgments that are actually coming um not just to to sound the alarm in the world but also to as i said to awaken us up so we do have um but before we introduce those those speakers to you um um are you with us yet jonathan Jonathan Fizz or Jonathan Khan? Um, I don't see him yet, Grant. Okay. Um, Sat, do you want to share anything before we introduce our, our surprise special guest? <laughs> I, know, I know he's coming on because he just texted me. Oh, there he is. Hallelujah. So we just thought it was appropriate at this point, you know, uh, Jonathan's been so immersed in the 10 days overseeing um, what's going on in the body. Um, we, we just felt like it would be really good to, to hear from our leader and our founder. So here he is. Uh, we, sometimes we call him Frizzolola, some, sometimes we call him Frizzowitz. Um, and especially as we've connected with the return, it's been difficult to call him Jonathan because there's a lot of confusion there. So, um, but he, what I found about Jonathan, he's, he tends to answer to all of them. Hallelujah. Welcome, brother. Please share. Share with us. So good to see everybody. Um, I have definitely missed um, seeing all of you on the global Zoom and I've been following your progress 
um, which just sounds awesome um, via text and, uh, and via um, the WhatsApp. Although I know, you know, there's always a few technical issues. It just sounds like overall, it's been an incredible time of seeking the Lord together. And we're just so grateful for all of you pouring your heart and soul into the place of prayer um, during these 10 days. And I know if you're like me, you feel um, just that um, <laughs> it's no sacrifice um, to be able to minister to the Lord in this way. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share a brief update um, on what's happening on 10 days all over the place. Um, We've got well over 150 locations joining in 10 days. Um, just an incredible um, gathering in the global body. So this Zoom room is one of those locations. Um, and Liz just shared that um, 2,500 people or more had registered um, for this Zoom room. So that's absolutely amazing and so encouraging. Um, I just think of how much it's grown from last year, um, where we had, you know, between uh, five and 10 on average each hour, and God is just gathering more people um, into this Zoom room. But in our other locations as well, God has just been stirring. I got a text this morning, or an email rather, from Kuwait, just saying, hey, just so you know, we're joining in the 10 days of prayer and fasting um, from Kuwait. Um, which was awesome. We've heard of groups in Holland. They didn't even know about 10 days of prayer, but they're doing the 10 days of awe. We have people in very historic revival centers. Um, this whole vision this year was birthed out of um, the Azusa Street revival and what happened there and the 100-year prophecy. And, um, you know, we're seeing a 10 days of prayer happening at the Bonnie Bray House in Los Angeles where Azusa Street was founded. Um, you know, we're seeing 10 days of prayer happen in Hernhut, Germany, um, where the Moravians, um, you know, uh, started their 100-year prayer meeting. So, oh, Kirk is saying 3,875 on the Zoom. So I kind of undersold that a bit. Um, so just, Lord, we just praise you for all that you're doing and calling your body to prayer um, during this season. I've been basing here in Hartford, Connecticut, in Wellspring. Um, you know, I would have loved to have been with you guys, and I really prayed about where God wanted me to be. Um, this is thing about being human. You can only be in one place at one time. And, um, you know, uh, Holy Spirit can be everywhere. Thank the Lord for that. Um, but we can only be in one place. And it's our uh, limitation, but also a blessing. And so I've just really enjoyed partnering and laboring with the saints here in Hartford. Um, it's just been incredible time in the Lord under a tent. The first days were freezing cold and we just persevered. We broke out our winter gear, um, praying outside, but just the incredible peace of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. You can feel it build over the days, um, certainly seeing you know, amazing testimonies and healings and just God moving in people's lives. Last night, I was able to go down to Bridgeport, and um, it was just a powerful encounter that evening. Um, 
Yeah, just powerful. I, I got to preach. Um, and the Lord really did something special in terms of um, Jesus's new commandment that we love one another as he has loved us. And um, just an incredible outpouring of the love of God in that service um, that, you know, Louis Burgos and I were just texting about. And this is such a key issue for us as we approach the Lord's return, um, receiving the love of the Father, but then releasing it one to another. And 10 days is all about this John 17 unity in the body. Uh, but it starts with receiving the Father's love and then loving one another. I think that's a lot of the repentance uh, that we need to do during this time, loving one another inside the family. Um, I'll just share one more testimony, just hearing amazing reports out of the South Pacific. Um, they're having a, a solemn assembly and a 10 days of prayer there. And uh, it's been called by indigenous tribal leaders in Australia. And from what I hear, God is just moving tremendously. Um, there's a John 17 unity starting to take place in Australia like never before, according to just what I heard. And so, Lord, we just thank you. I'm just going to pray. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing all around the globe. Lord, we thank you um, for everyone who is uh, serving and laboring in the Lord during this season. Lord, we just say each portion, Lord, the portion that I bring is significant. The portion that you bring is significant. The portion that each person brings is significant in God's sight. It's weighty. Lord, each of our yeses is significant to you. And when we say yes together, it just uh, is like a, it's like a chorus, Lord, singing together. One voice is beautiful on its own, Lord, but when thousands and millions sing in one voice, it creates a sound that's so much greater. And we just thank you for the sound that's arising as we all say yes in one accord to you as we rend our hearts and not our garments, as we encounter the love of God that surpasses knowledge, and as we love one another as God has loved us. So, Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I just release a blessing over the Zoom prayer expression. I thank you for the growth. I thank you for the leadership. I thank you for Grant, Joel, Maya, Sot, um, Lord, for Kirk and all he's doing on tech. Lord, for Liz. Um, Lord, in her leadership in this, for Lisa, Jenny, Isabel, all those who pioneered this. Lord, we just thank you so much for them. And we just release a blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. Every prayer hour leader, every Zoom host, Lord, we thank you for them. And every participant, God, release your Father's blessing over them right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Frizz. Hallelujah. We love you. And um, we are jealous to have you back on the Zoom, actually, in Pentecost. So, <laughs> Hey, Grant, I'm going to switch devices because I've just got to jump in the car and drive to Boston. So, Okay, great. I'll be, I'll be hanging out for the hour. I want to hear Dave, uh, Dave teach, so I don't want to miss that. I'll, but <clears throat> I'll turn it over to you to host, okay? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Um, I have to tell you, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Warren's been tracking with 10 days already for several years. And um, when I first heard him speak, uh, um, 
for those of you who don't know about me, I spent several years uh, under the Wilkerson brothers at Times Square Church. And um, just, just the whole, uh, they, they, don't act, they don't speak exactly, they don't preach exactly the same, but the heart of the message that Dave is bringing to the body is very similar to how uh, Pastor David Wilkerson used to bring the message. Sometimes he would bring us to the edge and then he would always bring us back. He'd bring us to the edge with the, with the fear of the Lord. And then he would just bring us back with the, the, the love and the peace. And um, Dave uh, carries this, this uh, similar baton and torch. So, brother, it's a pleasure to, for Sat and I to introduce you this morning. Um, and um, please share your heart with us. Amen. I know you're traveling, uh, you're on the way down to D.C. yourself at the moment. Praise God. Right. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Grant. Well, welcome, everybody. And wasn't that encouraging to hear that from Jonathan? Amen. Um, so awesome and wonderful. And um, I'm, again, this year so grateful to be a part of 10 days meeting every day and uh, corporate meetings, of course, as well as on my own. And my wife and I just fasting and praying and seeking the Lord. This is, it, this is like a reset every year. And it's the best reset that I do every year is with 10 days. So I'm thrilled to be a part of this and glad to be able to share here for a few minutes. Um, we're going to be looking just briefly at the importance of repentance, especially as we're headed into tomorrow's uh, return event in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you looked at the schedule there uh, in DC, the, I mean, it's personal repentance, it's repentance within the church, it's repentance uh, uh, throughout the nation, and we're going to be getting low before the Lord, taking a deep dive. And so I want to share a few thoughts on repentance, and then, um, and then jump into something that's really helped me in terms of being complementary, um, complementary to repentance, and that is mourning really mourning before the Lord. It's, it's helped open up another area for me to connect with God. And so that's what we're going to uh, take these few minutes to focus on. And let me just start by saying, in the area of repentance, um, we don't want to see it as something negative or an, something we're averse to um, and, and this kind of thing, because like it says in Acts 3.19, uh, that it's through repentance that we're refreshed. And we're getting rid of the stuff in our hearts. And, um, and anyway, I'm very excited about, even though we've already been repenting this week, a part of 10 days, um, individually and corporately, I'm looking forward to getting to Washington, D.C., where um, we're just going to go deeper because this theme of the return, we're returning to God and we're doing that for ourselves. We're doing it on behalf of the church. We're doing it as uh, the body of Christ representing our nation. And this is going to bring refreshing Acts 3.19. And I was part uh, of a revival in 1995. I trust that at least some that are on this uh, a Zoom call that you were part of that too in 1995 when God touched down on many college campuses as well as, um, as, uh, as many churches. And it was like there was two birthing rooms right from the beginning. There was Coggin Avenue Baptist Church and there was... Um, there was uh, Howard Payne University in Brownwood, Texas. So it's kind of interesting. At the same time, we had Brownsville in Pensacola. 
and all that happened there. And then we had brown wood, which is shorter lived than, than, uh, than uh, Pensacola, but uh, very life-changing for me and, and th thousands of others, if not more. Um, so what we saw though happen is God invade the room in these meetings suddenly where God's holiness was being uh, displayed and we were broken over our sin. We didn't think we had anything to repent of before those meetings would start and then suddenly God would come in. We'd find ourselves in tears and brokenness and praying for each other. And through that deep cleansing work, and let's even put a, a touch of Ephesians, or I'm sorry, Revelation uh, chapter two with the church of Ephesus in there, through that repentance of coming back to our first love, God did fill us with the Holy Spirit. And it was powerful. And so I always um, go back to this idea that repentance is such a positive. It's so powerful. It's so necessary. And remember the, uh, of the seven churches in, uh, in Revelation 2 and 3, that five of the seven were called specifically to repentance in specific areas. And it, was, it wasn't because God hates the people or he wants to make things difficult. No, it's to free us. It's to bring those times of refreshing and power and glory and to see the power of God come upon us again. And so... Um, just a, a little bit more on this area uh, that, that again, we're, we've been doing this week, but we're going to be diving into in a deep way here all day tomorrow, um, is that sometimes I've gotten pushback or people like are, well, you know, why do we need to repent? Um, we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. Um, we believe in um, uh, that we're under the blood and we are, and it's an age of grace. It's the church age. Like why, why that? Like God just loves us and, and we can just kind of walk and whatever. And we're fine. Except for, um, except for this, that, that attitude, it's like, well, we're, we're post Resurrection. We're post um, ascension. We're, we're post Pentecost again. And the point being is that yeah, we're all post those things. However, uh, the churches, the seven churches in Revelation two and three, they were also post resurrection, post Pentecost. They were in the church age, and we are under grace. But yet Jesus shows up to those seven churches, and he shows up, and he. Um, he, he, he gives five of those churches very specific areas uh, to deal with in their hearts and to, to, to get low before the Lord, to be broken over sin and to repent fully. And so just three of those, uh, again, the church in Ephesus was leaving their first love, come back and do the things you did first. It's about first love. Uh, the second, um, the, the second, uh, church I want to highlight is actually the fifth one, and that's the Church of Sardis. And it's like you have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Th this is Jesus confronting his own church, his own body, saying that that you need to wake up. He actually says that twice in uh, at the beginning there of, of chapter three with the Church of Sardis. You need to wake up. And then third, I just want to highlight the, the seventh church, the church of Laodicea, and that, that God is saying that we need to buy from him 
gold refined in fire that we've become in love with the world. We don't think we need a thing is exactly what that passage says. And we've become self-sufficient. And God is saying, come back to me and put your love and your hope in me and trust me as your first love again. And so, you know, just looking at those three churches, we've got first love issues, we've got waking up issues, and we've got, um, and we've got uh, 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 open the door to me again to invite me into my own church, my own people, where I will be central uh, to this. And so central to the body of Christ. And so we know that, that God's heart is for us to be close to him and that we will need to repent. We need to repent as believers. We need to repent as the church. We cannot just assume that everything is okay. And again, as I said uh, a couple minutes ago, in that 1995 revival, which was so powerful, um, we didn't think that we had anything to repent of until we actually got into the Lord's holy presence. And then from that came all kinds of fruit. The ministry eventually grew from about 100, 100 students. I was part of this campus ministry, 100 students to 600 students. And students started going to the world in missions and people were becoming uh, uh, saved, coming to faith in Christ. And so Again, it was like, I, I can't help but in this area, but to think of the East African revival that, that went on for so much of the 20th century. And it, it, it's one of these things that, that kind of ebbed and flowed, but it was powerful. And one, one of their um, principles that they lived by is, was that um, the deeper the roots, the greater the fruits. In other words, the deeper the roots of repentance, brokenness over our sin, confession, mourning, the deeper they went, the greater the fruit that burst forth. And that was exactly what we experienced uh, in, in that re revival. Um, so, you know, I just want to encourage us. Let's not be averse to this. Let's get low before the Lord. Let's be humble. That's the first part of Second Chronicles 714 is humility. And let's just let him work in us to show us uh, what needs to be taken out of us so that we can find that freedom. Um, secondly, I just want to share a few thoughts about morning. And I'm not talking about early in the morning. I'm talking about morning, like weeping, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And this is something that I think has really robbed us in the body of Christ in some huge ways. You know, think of... Uh, Think of Jesus uh, teaching in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who mourn. It's not those who mourn will be clinically depressed. It's blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those that come with that humble, contrite spirit. And there's a major theme here that I think we've missed in scripture, often especially in the American church. Uh, we want everything to, to end in celebration and these kinds of things. Um, but there's a lot to this morning thing. In James chapter 4, which I would suggest is the New Testament equivalent of Second Chronicles 7.14, uh, that it says it in James 4, that, uh, that turn your laughter into mourning. And 
it's because you look at the, the love of the world that we've allowed to creep in. That's a, a part of what James is teaching in chapter four and there's other things, but turn your laughter into mourning. And it's not because again, because God hates us or he wants us to be, be depressed. He wants us to get low before him to, to see this stuff removed from our hearts so that we can be free and experience those times of refreshing in, in Acts 319. Um, I just saw the, the chat. I appreciate that. Blessed are those who mourn, who will be comforted. That's what happens when we get in that, that, uh, um, that posture. We, we actually see God comfort us, give us healing to our emotions and our hearts and these kinds of things. But it even, it even goes beyond that uh, in terms of, of, of this theme in the, the Bible about uh, mourning. And uh, in, for example, in Amos chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, it says there that God is going to send the southern kingdom, the Israelites, the Jews, he's going to send them into exile first. And, it, and you have to ask why. And it says right in that passage, it says, because you refuse to grieve or mourn over the, over the house of Joseph, meaning that, the, that there's been this wild waywardness for a long time, generations of people, although it was punctuated with revivals, but a long falling away. And we can draw a parallel here with America and what we're dealing with, with the evil that we have allowed into this nation. And he's saying, at the very least, you should have mourned over the condition of your nation, and you didn't. Therefore, you'll be the first to go into exile. And so this is a this mourning thing, this, this getting low before the Lord, this is a big deal to God. And it helps us with the repentance piece, um, which I'll come back to here in a minute. Um, it's different than repentance, but it's related. Um, but again, in, uh, it goes further in Revelation 18, you know, it talks about Babylon. And it says that the Babylon refuses to mourn. This, this is a big deal to God that we, uh, that we recognize what's going on potentially in our own hearts. But in these last two passages, especially in the broader picture, and that we just sit before God with a broken heart over what is taking place. And um, we don't just move from one uh, celebration service to the next, or the ne one energetic message to the next, or one exciting prayer night to the next. It's, it's mourning, it's, it's weeping before, uh, before the king and, and feeling what he feels. And I, I believe that's been a huge part of the connection that I have had with, uh, with God through this idea of mourning. He's mourning. We're entering into part of what he feels about, about the sin that's, that's ravaged the world and hurt our lives and kept lost people uh, blind to Christ. And we, we mourn, we weep with him. And so it's, it's like connecting with him in a whole, uh, connecting with him in a whole different kind of way. And I didn't have this on my radar at all until I connected with Jonathan in 10 days. And, um, and Jonathan often shares the, uh, the word that God gave him that Babylon refuses to mourn. 
but my people will mourn before my return. Uh, that was a prophetic word that Jonathan had received uh, uh, several years ago, I believe when launching 10 days. So, um, so the difference between mourning and repentance is that we see a situation where we're mourning and we may not have anything that we personally need to repent over. Sometimes we do, many times we do have something to repent over. But very specifically, um, in Luke 19, Jesus, at the end of the chapter, Jesus is looking over the city of Jerusalem and he weeps over it. He's mourning. And if you read the paragraph, it seems like Jesus is feeling like this did not need to happen. Then his heart is breaking because now this judgment will come to Jerusalem and he's weeping over it. So he did not have any personal sin to be repenting of. But he was, he was stopping before the Father, seeing the city through the Father's eyes, and he just stopped and wept. Um, and so, so, so many times we do have things to repent over um, when we're mourning, but many times it will just be sitting before the Lord and saying this. When we go to prayer later, this will be a good thing to remember, is just to say this, Lord, how have we broke your heart? In what areas is your heart breaking? Show me. And then we can weep and mourn over those areas with, uh, with the Lord. Um, and so, so I was just actually sitting here, as, as Grant said, I'm driving with five other guys to uh, the return. We're driving from Michigan uh, to Washington, D.C. today. It'll probably be about an 11-hour drive. Uh, so I apologize for my travel clothes here. But um, that's kind of the way this worked out today. Uh, but um, uh, the, the idea of, of looking out over the nation and feeling what God feels, I, I, I believe this is so, so vital. And we just stopped here, uh, actually at a rest stop. And so just picture your, your typical uh, interstate rest stop. And just before um, uh, I got on this call, a car pulls up next to me and it said, keep abortion legal. And my heart uh, went to that weeping. My heart was like, the lost are so blind. The lost are so blind that, that they believe that killing our own babies is good, right, acceptable. And I'm like, Oh, I saw this woman get out of the driver's seat. I was like, oh, Lord in heaven. Oh, Lord in heaven. I weep with you over this issue of abortion, over this, this issue that has just ravaged our land and left blood on our hands as a nation. And I'm not, I'm not interceding. I am not interceding. I am, and I'm not crying out for a revival to correct everything. I, that, those prayers come later. But what I'm trying to say here is just mourning with the Lord over, um, over what breaks his heart. It's a mourning of feeling what he feels. And I just was like, Lord, I just break for the, the loss. They're, they're so deceived in, in many areas, but this area of abortion just was highlighted to me through that, that bumper sticker. So, um, <clears throat> I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, basically 
um, concluded here with what I wanted to share along these lines of both um, repentance and connecting with God's heart in mourning. Um, I know there'll be a brief prayer time here at about 10 to 1 in about 20 minutes, um, and hopefully we can enter into a bit of that. Um, but really remember this, especially for later today and tomorrow, all day during the return. And so now um, I'm going to either uh, pass back to Grant or to, uh, or to Brian Arbo. Brian, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say and, um, and as you take things a bit further, and then we'll be praying at about <clears throat> 10 to 1. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, brother. Safe traveling mercies to you and your family there. Um, the brother I'm going to introduce to you now um, is up to this point less known in the body of Messiah. The Lord has been preparing him very much on the sidelines, but God has given him and is giving him a very keen prophetic voice uh, into the warning signs that are coming. Um, and um, uh, I met uh, Brian um, um, really through his letters to me over the last several years, such detailed letters of laying out signs that God has given to prepare us and to warn us for the shakings that are coming. And um, um, I don't want to steal his thunder, but uh, Brian, I want to hand it over to you. And then if you could give it back to Sat and I at uh, 10 to, because we'd like to lead the body into some prayer time before we close the hour. Amen. Thank you, Brother Grant. And, and um, first, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you. Thank you for the opportunity to um, share what is on God's heart with all of you this morning. Um, I love listening to Dave in his heart um, and speaking of God's heart. Um, and he does that much more lovingly and eloquently than I do. <laughs> um, so um, bear with me because um, God has given me for the past five years Many messages and many words, and they're often harsh words. They're harsh warning. Um, and uh, the Lord is teaching me and using other brothers um, and sisters in Christ um, in showing the harshness of his, um, the severity of his judgment and his word and his anger, while also showing his grace and his mercy and his love for us, especially in the church. So, um, so, uh, and, and I want to, I want to say this, I have been preparing for, um, the last couple of days because I felt the burden to, uh, bring what God has given me for the past five years to bring it forth in here. Um, and I, and I've taken that seriously, want to be prepared. So for you, for the last couple of days, I have prepared all of this and, and this was sort of my script in this morning. God woke me up and told me to do that. <laughs> and, and, and so now this is my script that God gave me about an hour ago. Um, and the point of that is that because God is doing something, he's doing something new. Um, and when God's doing something new, it's so important for us to hear what the Spirit says to the churches um, and, and for us to be willing to let go of our plans and everything that we've got laid out. 
Um, and so God has taken the message that he's given me to share with the church and with the leaders in the church. Um, and God turned that on me this morning um, and, and say, let go of what I had planned that I thought the Lord was leading me to. So um, because I have a, a, a short time here, let me just say this. Um, I don't have the time this morning to convince you or authenticate that what I am saying is of God. Um, I can't present the evidence to you. That evidence um, is, as, as Brother Grant shared, has been laid out for the past five years. That is in letters and messages, um, 30 or 40 so far in the past five years, that have gone out to leaders across our nation. They've gone to the White House. Um, and in those, God has been laying the foundation of his warnings for the past five years to America, to the church, to the world, and also to awaken Israel. And um, so those letters, those messages um, on the website, messenger42.org, I'll put that in the chat here before we're done. Um, that's what validates God's word. Um, and in those messages have brought about um, so many events and so many tragic events um, in America in the past five years from shootings and hurricanes and fires, um, all kinds of things. And so I wanna focus on this one thing quickly and, and, and pick up where Dave Warren um, sort of left off. And that is um, God does always warn before judgment um, and he has not changed. And so he's been doing that and laying the groundwork for that there is a video message that was just released this week. It's on the website, um, and it's called God Speaks and Unmasks Coronavirus 3333. And God has used that and assembled everything that he's released for five years, and that is packed into just over a two-hour video, which is very lengthy, but this is literally a court case of evidence. And this is the evidence in that, that literally God reveals himself not just to America, not to the, just the church, but to the world and to the nation of Israel, to his chosen people um, at a time such as this. And so that is a legal court document from God to the whole world. And, and I encourage all of you to follow up with that and, and, and watch that message because that impacts so much that I can't do today. Um, and in that, the, all I'm gonna focus on is, is that I myself didn't see for five years um, as I saw these prophetic warnings coming to pass over and over and over again, I was puzzled and, under, and constantly asked God, if I see these, God, if you're giving me these words and they come to pass in great catastrophic events and they're going out to people across the nation, why can't anybody else see this? What, what's the point of this? And what I myself couldn't understand is the whole message comes back to where we are right now in the 10 days of prayer, the 10 days of awe. It is about atonement. And that's the message that God has been building. Um, and, and so that's what this is about. It's about atonement. Um, and, and I'm going to say this very quickly. The message why God unmasked coronavirus 3333 is because God specifically since 2015 repeatedly forewarned, specifically with the scripture, Exodus 12, 23, his destroyer, his destroying angel, he referenced Egypt, he referenced Passover, he referenced inciting, as he incited King David in the census, that so would he incite his Cyrus, President Trump, in the year <laughs> census. And so God gave us very specific detailed warnings of exactly what he was going to do, when he was going to do it, and how he was going to do it. And that's important for us because God has gone through 
that process to unveil himself and, and to let all of us know that he is not silent. He is speaking. And he wants it to be very clearly understood by all of us. And, and this is important, is that what is happening right now is by the hand of God, that God brought this plague, this pestilence against not just America, but against the world. In fact, God even gave the number 188. And he said he was bringing the sword to 188 atonement. And that's 188 nations in the world that have suffered under this. So this is not... It, it's certainly under God's control because he's sovereignly in control, but it's literally brought against us. And it is a, a, a hand of judgment. It is a hand of chastisement. And his anger boils over for the sins. You know, Dave Warren was speaking of us grieving. And when I was recording this last message, as I started to speak something, I was consumed with, 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 with sorrow um, and, and literally began to weep in the middle of the video. And that was God's heart. Um, and, and so understand when God is bringing judgment, when he is striking us, it is because he chastises those he loves. If we are truly belong to him, he is going to chastise us in our disobedience. Um, and it's not that he enjoys that. He mourns over that. And so we have to understand that. And so when we take this message and, and he unpacked this back in 2017, the message of atonement, when he gave the warnings and he struck two U.S. Navy destroyers and seven sailors were killed and 10 sailors were killed on specific dates. That was the seven and 10. And, and he gave us a 40-day Jonah warning. And on that 40-day Jonah warning, in that 40 days, we got hit with one, two, three hurricanes. And on that 40th day, when time was up, was the Day of Atonement, the seventh month and the 10th day. And the next day after time was up was Las Vegas shooting that, 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 the tragedy in Las Vegas. And that was striking America. And, and what is Las Vegas known? It is Sin City. And so God has, I'm giving you a few pieces, but that is what this is about. And now we are not under the law for those of us who are of the body of Christ. And yet all of that, the Passover, death angel, the Passover, everything points forward to the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's where God is leading us is to the cross of Jesus Christ. So um, interestingly is, is these harsh, harsh messages and warnings is actually pointing us to bringing us from the atonement all the way coming back to Pentecost, back on, on the mountain when uh, uh, Moses went up to get the, uh, the law, down through the atonement, through the Passover angel, and then to the day of Passover for the Passover lamb of God, Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot there that I can't go into right now, but God's given us all that information for us to unpack and see what he is doing. And, and with that, God gave a very specific prescription five years ago in July of 2000, um, August, 2015. He says, when I strike you, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm naming the time, it's 3,333 years, 3,333, shaking America. And he repeated that, and this is the 3,333 anniversary of the first Passover in Egypt. So God's made it very clear when he would strike us, how he would. And he says, when I do this, this is what you are to do. And I've heard some people quote this and read this, and I'm going to leave this during the prayer time. I'm not going to read it right now. But God stated specifically the, the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. He says, when I strike you, when I shake you, this is what you are to do. And that is what we are talking about. And that is the repentance. And that is the heart of repentance. That is the mourning 
over the, the, the sorrow that, that, uh, uh, of our nation's sins, the sins within the church, within ourselves. Um, and that is what God is looking for. That, that, that's his prescription for us. So I say that to first make it very clear. And again, I encourage you to follow up with the website go and watch this video. Um, I promise you, it, it is not my words, it's God's words. It is his gift, his message to the church and to the entire world and also to the nation and the children of Israel. Um, he is speaking. He is speaking loud and clear right now, and he wants his voice to be heard. He wants the truth to be heard, and he's gone to great lengths to give us these prophetic signs, um, not just the warnings, but a manifestation of them, to bring forth, to validate that he is speaking for his voice to rise above so many other voices that might be leading us astray. And, and so that's why God has done this. So it's not my words, it's not my heart, it's not my thought, it, it's God. And, and all I am is the messenger and just trying to be a faithful messenger. But everything points to, to God alone, to Jesus Christ alone, to the cross alone. So we are, God has commanded us, and that's why this message is coming forth now, in the 10 days of awe, leading up to atonement, because it is all about what God is speaking about in atonement, and that leads us back to the cross of Jesus Christ. But he is chastising us. He is shaking America. He is shaking the church. He is shaking the nations of the world. So we are in truly biblical prophetic times right now as we speak, and God is moving. We are in his calendar, not our calendar. And, and that is a message to the church because also five years ago, the Lord said that he is coming to clean house. And so this is the message for the church to, to renew our fear of the Lord, our reverence of the Lord, that he is holy. We are to be holy. And so there is chastisements against those he loves. And he is not pleased with so much of the church that has wandered and strayed from him. Um, he's not pleased at all with those who speak falsely in his name. So the Lord says, as he drove out the money changers in the temple um, in Luke 19, 46, when Jesus said, it's written that my house should be a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thieves. That's a charge against much of the church, especially in America. So we have to take heart to that and listen to that. And now God said, beginning in 2015, he says, I am going to rebuild my church and he says, I will tear down the walls. I will tear down the doctrines, the agendas, and the traditions of men and restore my church with Jesus Christ as the, the cornerstone, the true head of the church. And the Lord said, he's repeated this for years in these messages to validate they are his words. And he has given us the signs to validate these are his words. This is the promise, the warning and the promise to the church. And that is, is that he is going to tear down all these things of man, restore his church, and that will be done not by the plans or the will of man, not by the power of man, but by the will of God the Father and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said that he will pour out a spirit in a way that he has not done in 2,000 years. And so that is the time that we are in right now. And so we have the fire of God about to come on us. He spoke to me. He literally woke, woke me in, um, uh, on the day of Pentecost, early morning in 2015, and he said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. God has formally announced that, and that is getting ready to come, but we have to be prepared, and we have to mourn and repent and purify ourselves, be holy for the Lord. Our God is holy, and to be in proper reverence and fear of the Lord. God has showed us throughout history in his word 
when he manifests his glory, we, we, we see the sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire. We see um, in the church, Ananias and Sapphira. Great fear fell among the church. We need to be prepared because God is about to pour out his glory on all flesh. And when that happens, we are in that time where God's glory is manifested, but so is the severity of his word, the severity of his judgment. And so we are not to take that lightly. Um, and, and that is the warning in preparing the church and for us to set aside our differences, our doctrines and traditions. God is speaking prophetically. He is revealing himself prophetically. To speak against that is to speak against the very work of God and very work of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be careful, but we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we have to have discerning ears. We have to clearly hear what God is saying. God also said when he rebuilds his storm, my timer is telling me I have five minutes. When he rebuilds the church, he will do this in the midst of a dark storm. He will do that in the midst of a dark storm. This is how God operates. When God brought the children out of Egypt, that wasn't done, that, that, that wasn't a comfortable process. When God birthed the church in Jerusalem, they were, in, they were under Roman rule. They went, underwent tremendous persecution. And yet that's what scattered the church and spread it throughout the world. And so God said, in the midst of a dark storm, that he will rebuild his church. And that's the time that we are in right now. We are coming into, and it's only beginning. And so the, the warning for us is that, that the dark storm is going to get harder. There's going to be tremendous persecution um, for us to stand up and speak the truth um, in love and to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, to set our, our differences aside, not in compromise, but the things that we have raised up that are not of God. The, um, the Lord gave me, I'm going to share one quick dream. The Lord gave me a dream. Uh, uh, it was back on April 20th, 2016, and this is for the church. And I, this has not been written out, but the, in the dream, there was a woman standing with me, and I was responsible for her safety. And I told her, great danger has come. A storm is coming right now. And I told her, I'm going I'm to put her into this safe room which I think most of you know what that is. I'm going to put you in this safe room. I have the key and I'm going to lock you in there and no one else has the key. No one else can get in there. And when the danger's passed, I'm going to bring you out and bring you into safety. The danger came. And as the danger passed, I unlocked the door and brought the woman out. And then I brought her before a king. And when I woke from the dream, the Lord said, okay, the woman is my bride. It is the bride of Christ. It is the truth. The church It is the true faithful church bride of Christ. The king was the Lord Jesus Christ. So trouble is coming. We are in the storm. And the Lord said to me, he said, Brian, you don't have the only key. You are the key. And I, I struggle with that. It's like, I am not the key. Christ is the key. But the point is this message, this message is the key. Because as this message goes forth, what God is revealing right now is the key, that we are now in the midst of the storm. And a great storm is coming upon our nation upon the lands and yet at the same time God is about to pour out his spirit on all flesh and there will be a rebirth of the church but he is also cleaning house so we have to take all of that in and understand and prepare our hearts and understand that all of our plans like my plan that I had on what I was going to speak today 
God is going to change all our plans. And so we have to have that discerning ear, ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, because God is doing a new thing. And I'm going to leave you with this. God called, he, he said for years, he said he's sending his destroyer, his destroying angel, and he calls it his 357, like a gun, the state of Florida. And I'm not going to go into that, but he says that over and over and over again. And, and that's a real offensive message, but a lot of times God's words of warning are very harsh and offensive. But he told me about two weeks ago, he said, Brian, I've given you 357 over and over again. He said, I want you to go back onto Jewish history and go into the Jewish timeline and go to back to the year 357. So I look in 357 BC, and you know what that is? That's Queen Esther. That is for a time such as this. And so now we are in a time such as this. This message is for a time such as this. All of you guys have been preparing and bringing together for a time such as this. So let us have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches because the Lord is doing a new thing. Well, and I thank you all for listening. And I'm yeah. gonna post the information on the website so you have that. And um, I encourage you to follow up. These are not my words. Um, and if you take the time to listen to this, specifically this one video of God unmasked coronavirus 3333, he's gonna reveal so much to you. And, and I know the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and he's gonna do the work he wants to do. Amen. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Brother Greg. Thank you, Brian. I wanna read a scripture from uh, Hebrews 12, 26. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Brian, Brian and Dave, if you would uh, lead us off, um, uh, no, more, if, no more than like one minute prayers, um, and then let's open it up for several others to pray as we reach the top of the hour. Amen. Um, Heavenly Father, we just praise your holy name. We just thank you, Father, for the opportunity that, that worldwide we're able to gather together like this. Um, what, a, what an awesome blessing, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, that, that, that your grace and mercy um, is so abounding that, that you, you shake us to wake us up and pull us all out of our comfort zones and our places of complacency, Lord. Um, and, and that is within the church, Lord, that you just shaken us and take us out of that position of comfort and waken us, as Brother David was uh, sharing, just to awaken us um, so that we are shaken out of our slumber and that we have ears to hear and that we clearly hear, Father, with repentant and mourning hearts and see how you mourn over the sins of our nation, the sins of the church, the sins of, of us individually, Lord, that, that our hearts would mourn with you and that we would be repentant. And we would just humble ourselves before you when we know that it is our solutions are not in politicians or anybody other than you alone, Lord. And so we humble ourselves before you and we just ask for your grace and your mercy and just to look upon our weakness and to, to cleanse us and purify us and prepare us, Father, to send us out into this broken, dark world to be your messengers of hope and love and to bring all to the cross of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray this in 
Jesus Christ's mighty and holy name, Yeshua Mashiach, amen. Amen. Father, we, uh, we come before you, God, and we just say thank you for your mercy to warn us. Lord, it's such a mercy of yours to let us know that trouble is here, greater trouble is coming. There's shakings, God. Thank you, Father, that, that uh, you have uh, awakened us to let us know about this, and we just give you praise, God. And yet, when we look out at the nation and we see wild rebellion in so many areas and godlessness, God, our hearts break, Father. We just come before you, God, with broken hearts, even thinking of our immediate family members, extended family members, people in our neighborhoods. God, our hearts just break, God, that if the floodwaters came today, that they would be swept away, oh God. And for the blindness, the blindness that has pervaded much of your church, God, we just we just mourn over that with you, God. We know this hurt your hurts your heart. It's like uh, the church of Laodicea where you knocked because you'd been left out, God. And we see that here today, God. And we just, our hearts break, Lord. And God, we just humble ourselves before you, God, to, to cry out to you, God, to see you afresh, to, um, to turn, uh, each of us personally, to turn from other loves and to turn to you as our first love. So, God, we're, we're humbling ourselves. We are looking to you, God. Um, we ask you to help us to, uh, to mourn over what you mourn and to uh, respond in faith, God. Lead us, Lord God. Lead us in these things, especially today and tomorrow as we are at this point of the 10 days, God. And we just commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just come and I just cry out for the men of throughout all nations, Lord, not just the United States, but throughout all nations, Father God, because they're going to be on the front lines, Father God. And so, Father, I just cry out, Father, please have mercy on the men, Father God. Lord, please break these strong holds and these belief about men weeping, Father God. Lord, please give us revelation and wisdom about what is holding men from weeping to God, Father God, weeping before even in their just private time with you, Lord. Father God, release the pray, the, uh, the tears from men Father God. Lord, release Father God and bring them to their knees and their prayer closets, Father God. Lord, please help the men, Father God. Hear my cry, Lord. This is your cry. And so, Father, please have mercy, Father God. Please give the intercessors wisdom, Father God, how to pray into this, Father God, and tear down these strongholds from generations to generations for the men, Father God. And so, Lord, we just thank you for hearing this cry. And we just pray, Father, we cry, we will cry and cry and cry for the men, Father God, however long it takes until you have mercy. And so, Father God, let us be faithful in this cry in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Father, last year we ended, our group ended with these words, will you love me in my wrath? Father, what was said um, earlier about ministering to your heart is our hearts cry today. And I agree with my sister. I pray you would bless our brothers in Christ and that they would receive us as well. How many? Lord, we pray for 
your illumination in the areas where our nature springs up with anger. And knowing the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God, I ask for you to give us a sensitivity in our conscience in that moment so that uh, we can begin to see past our own individual reactions of anger into your heart that is grieved over something that is touching that very superficial reaction that we often have, which is anger or, or rage over something. And so we ask for your help to pull our hearts deeper into your heart, Jesus, so that those points of anger can become contact points to feel your heart and to mourn with you, you whose hair is drenched with the dew of the night. Amen. Amen. Father, I just thank you for these great teachings, Lord God, and I just also cry out for our hearts, Lord God, to be broken as, as yours, Lord God, because you're in us, Jesus, and you still weep over Jerusalem, Lord God. And the word says that your heart was consumed for your father's house, Lord God. So I pray that our hearts would be consumed for your father's house, Lord, because you see all those people that we've been mentioning about the people in the streets and the rioting in, in the United States, Lord God, that we not have any anger towards them or judgment, Lord God, and that we uh, take the responsibility to remove the beams in our eyes so that we can see them as you see them, because many of them, uh, well, it's your it's your desire that none be lost, but many of them belong in the Father's house, Lord God, set in place, Lord God. So I pray that we would see with your eyes, Lord God, that we would be responsible to clean the temple, Lord, remove the beams, and just see as you see, see with eyes of love, Lord God, because they, they cry out in writing, Lord, with uh, man's solution, Lord God, and they're so angry, but because they don't know what makes need to unmute patty sorry oh sorry i totally didn't know that um i just want to pray about um that our hearts would be consumed as the father's uh as jesus heart was consumed for his father's house lord god that our hearts would be broken lord because we we need to remove the beams from our eyes lord god the way you uh cleanse the temple we have to clean our own temple lord so we can see Father, the people in the streets in America who are rioting and who are angry, Lord God, that we don't judge them, but that we see them as you see them, Lord God. And you want that many of them belong in the Father's house, fitted in. It's not your will that any should be lost, Lord God, so that we see them with your light and your truth, Lord. They don't know the things that make for their peace, Lord God. They don't know salvation. So they have man's solutions and anger and um the power of man, Lord God, versus your peace and your power, Lord God. So I pray that we have a right heart towards them, Lord God, that we know the salvation of God in our own lives so that we can bring it to them and pray for them in a right way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Sam, do you want to close this out, Billy? Lord, you said to, uh, to us through Paul that that the desire of your heart was us to be a partaker of your sufferings. And Holy Spirit, right now, we, we open up a place 
in the realm where you move and operate in us. And in the name of Jesus, we release the spirit of might to create the mind and the heart that can tarry with you, that can abide with you, that can find you in that place, that can find it's not a place that's, that's alone. It's not a lonely place. It's a place where we're joined and merged with you more fully, Jesus. We pray for that impartation to go out into your church and into your body. Amen.